Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. I wanted to pause here this morning and just... um, you know all year long we've been talking about going deeper and uh, we had the t-shirts made and everything and you've seen everybody around campus with all of this uh, regalia on about going deeper and I just wanted to stop for just a minute for a couple of purposes number one I want to recast vision Uh, the word says to write the vision and make it plain and sometimes in the fog of memory past visions can dull and dim a little bit so I wanted to take some time this morning and just refocus again on the idea that we as individual believers and collectively as a church that we have an aim on going deeper in the things of God and you know what we found throughout this year as we have cast this vision is that this is and it never was our intention for it to be this but more than a catchy slogan or a pithy statement this vision that has been cast we found has turned out to be prophetic as a matter of fact because we're hearing so many things that are happening in the lives of people in this church and around this community that it is amazing I wish I had time this morning just to share with you all of the incredible testimonies that Pastor Lisa and I are hearing on a weekly basis almost just people that are that are just sharing with us hey this is what God's doing in my life this is this is what's being opened up for me spiritually this is where I'm at in relation to where I was and it is absolutely amazing and uh, we're just praying for you I want you to know that Pastor Lisa and I are rooting for you and we're praying for you that God gives you breakthroughs God gives you victories like you've never seen before and that you are finding deeper places in God now uh, I want to we want to you know what if if you're finding that we want to celebrate with you Uh, maybe you've moved to a step uh, you've been moved to step out in some way this year Maybe you've gotten saved, rededicated your life to the Lord. Maybe you've started ministerial training. You found a breakthrough or victory in your life in some area of struggle. And if you have one of those deeper testimonies, we would love to hear from you. Even if you've told us before, uh, we'd still love to hear it. The testimony never gets old. So if you have a deeper testimony, we've actually set up a way for you to share that with us that we can keep up with you and track with you and pray with you if you text the word deeper to 97000 that's 97,000 if you weren't counting there Um, if you would just text the single word deeper there you're going to get a reply link that'll send you to a form that you can fill out a brief testimony just give us a snapshot of what God's doing in your life and and share that testimony and here's what happens here's the amazing thing about a testimony As you get in the practice of sharing your testimony, you will most assuredly be a blessing and encouragement to other people as they begin to hear what God's doing in your life. So we encourage you to do that. Now, I wanted to not only encourage you and recast vision today, but I wanted to just share with you a little explanation of what it means to go deeper to go deeper in Christ because maybe you've been here all year and you've heard all the language around this idea of going deeper but as yet you've not fully understood what it means 
Maybe you grew up in a tradition of faith where either you did or you didn't, you were or you weren't, but there was never any mention of varying degrees or places in the spirit. It's like you either were a church person or you were not a church person, and that was the limit of it. And, and, and maybe you're here and... Hang on. Maybe you're here and you've understood exactly what is being said when we speak in terms of spiritual growth and development and furthermore the thought excites you but regardless of where you are in your walk today's message is aimed at informing you as to what it means to grow deeper and inspiring you in the pursuit of such growth now at the at the conclusion of today's message we're going to give you an a deeper opportunity a deeper opportunity I leaned over to Pastor Lisa just before I came up and I said babe I believe today I believe with all my heart that Jesus is here to baptize people afresh in the Holy Ghost and fire I believe that with all my heart and if you're seeking if you're looking for something deeper in Christ then I believe this is your day I believe this is your moment now, in the scripture, we're given a clear picture of one man's journey, or at least a segment of his life and experience that he had, that is a clear pictorial for us of what it means to grow deeper in the things of the Spirit. If you have your Bible with you today, I want you to turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 47 Ezekiel 47 and we're going to take a, a, a look here of a vision that Ezekiel was given and I believe that it is something that is applicable for all of us as we consider our own spiritual journey and where the Lord wants to lead us Ezekiel 47 and beginning in verse 1 the word of the Lord says and then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple towards the east for the front of the temple faced east and the water was flowing under the right side of the temple south of the altar and he brought me out by way of the north gate and he led me around the outside of the outer gate that faces east and there was water running out on the right side. And when the man had went out of, to the east with the line in his hand, he measured off 1,000 cub cubits and he brought me through the waters. That is an operative word in this text today. Everything that you see that happens here, it is designated that it happens through the water. Through the water. Everything that happens that we're going to discuss next, it happens through the water. Now, let me, let me stop here and explain to you the significance of the water. In the Word, we see water often used to symbolize the work and the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, in John's Gospel, John chapter 7, John records that on the last day, the great day of the feast, that Jesus is standing and he's watching this ceremonial pomp and circumstance of the Jews as they're bringing in these water pots and they're pouring them out as drink offerings before the Lord. And Jesus stood, John says, on that day and he cried out with a loud voice and said, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and out of his inmost being, there's going to flow rivers of living water 
And he says, John goes on to clarify and say that this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come. I want to tell you today, church, that there is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. And it is the man or the woman of God that is allowing the life of God to flow through them in the power and the person of the Holy Ghost. And everything in this text today, as this man of God is being moved from place to place to place to greater depths in the spirit, it is happening through the water. Through the water. If you think you're going to come in and say a prayer and own Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but hold the Holy Spirit off at arm's length and have nothing to do with Him and not open your life to Him and not avail your heart and your thoughts and your mind to Him and you're going to grow and mature as a believer, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He brought me out by way of the north gate and he led me around the outside to the outer gate that faces east and there was water running, running out on the right side. And when the man brought, out, brought me out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters and the waters came up to my ankles. I'm sure that there's some directional significance here in this text as far as the mention of, of the geographical directions, but I want to just focus here on the fact that primarily I want to point you to the water and how the water is representative of life in the Spirit. And I want to challenge you today with the thought that true Christianity is not about rules and regulations. You may have grown up in a tradition where you learned a behavior of conformity for the sake of fitting a religious mold. There was no life, there was no joy, there was no fulfillment, there was only the burden of the law. You did what was expected of a good Christian to do. But you were dead, you were dry, you were drained, and you had no peace, and you had no joy. And I want to tell you something, that is not the will of God for your life. The word of the Lord is very clear that this is not the life of grace. The life of grace is not the life that is burdened under the yoke of the law. Many in our generation, however, have taken the message of grace, as Jude said, to an extreme, and they've turned the grace of God into a license for lasciviousness, for lewdness, for lawlessness, and sinful living. And they say, you just carry on however you want to. You just live however you want to. You just claim the name of Jesus, and everything's going to be all right. Wrong. That neither is the message of grace. Because the message of grace is that the same grace that forgives you of your sin gives you the power over sin and the Holy Spirit will enable you to walk in a different way than you walked before you came to Jesus. I want to tell you something today, church. If you've came to an altar and you've shook a hand and you've said a prayer, but there's not been a change in your life, you need to wash, rinse, and repeat because the first time didn't take. Try again. Try again because the apostle said that in Christ Jesus, 
Old things have passed away and all things are being made new. I'm a new creation. I no longer live, but Christ in me. That is the purpose. That is the message of grace. He picked me up. He turned me around. He set my feet on a solid ground. He established my going out and my coming in. I don't walk the way I used to walk anymore. The prophet said that the water came and covered his ankles. In other words, his feet were covered over. The Holy Ghost will get a hold of you and it will change the way that you walk in this world if you'll avail yourself to him. The word of the Lord is very clear that about the life of grace that the result is that we as a church are not going to behave like the world around us. There is so much brokenness. There is so much heartache. There is so much anxiety and depression in the body of Christ. Why? Because we've adopted a form of godliness and deny the power thereof. I want to note for you that the initial step of the prophet into the water was a stride wherein the symbolic, uh, that which is symbolic of the Holy Spirit covered his feet, indicative that there was a new anointing on the way that he was to walk. Child of God, you are saved by grace and not of works, absolutely. But living a life surrendered to God and growing deeper in the things of God means that you're going to start living a different life. Not to earn the grace of God, but because you've been a recipient thereof, he's made a change in me. As a matter of fact, we read in Galatians chapter 5, it says this, I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. I'm telling you, church, you won't hear this message in every pulpit this morning, but I'm not about to stand by given the charge of shepherding a flock and have you believe that it's all right for you under the guise of grace to live some kind of way, any kind of way that you want to and think it's going to be all right. I'm here to raise up a healthy body of believers. I'm here to raise up some work world changers i'm here to lead some people out in the highways and the hedges who are filled with the holy ghost and fire who are living a life evidenced of the grace of god and are able to make a difference in this world but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such there is no law and paul concludes this thought here and says and those who are christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires and if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit 
Ezekiel 47 verse 4 Ezekiel continues with this narrative here this vision and he says again he measured 1,000 and he brought me through the waters and the water came up to my knees and again he measured 1,000 and he brought me through the waters and the waters came up to my waist now again I emphasize that everything that's happening here is happening through the waters it's all coming through the waters and he says uh, in John chapter 16 verse 13 Jesus says however when he the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth there, there's a spirit of revelation there's a spirit of wisdom there's a spirit of understanding that comes along with that yes your, your walk may have changed how many of you as you began your walk of faith you found it a little bit difficult to stand in your faith like you, you knew there was supposed you felt the spirit of the Lord drawing and calling you in a different way than you had previously been journeying you knew there was to be a change, but every little thing seemed to upset you. Every little thing seemed to disturb you. The adversary could come along and confuse you and knock you off your route and get you sidetracked and derailed. But, but, but Ezekiel says here there's a place of growth in the Spirit where the Spirit comes up. I, I, I just thought about this, that, that you know sometimes when we're fearful, we say that our knees are knocking. But Ezekiel says there's a place in the spirit where your spiritual knees won't knock anymore. Where you are made courageous in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you've, you've determined that new way of walking. You've, you've felt the Spirit's call and there's been a change in your life. But you've grown to a place now where you can stand firm in the faith. You can stand firm in the faith. And in the text the second progression is that the water covers the prophet's knees indicative that he's been given a strength to stand to be courageous in the face of his adversaries i think about every time i read this text i think about peter i think about peter who who knew there was supposed to be a change he he understood the call of christ on his life and he said lord if everybody forsakes you i'll never deny you until he did until he did one night around a little campfire a little girl comes to this rough and woolly fisherman and says hey aren't you one of them I believe I saw you with them you belong to them aren't you one of them and he said oh no I don't know what you're talking about three times Peter denied the Lord but when we see on the day of Pentecost the fire of God fall on the life of this man not only has he changed the way he walks but he's got the confidence to stand and in verse uh, chapter 2 verse 36 of the book of Acts Peter is standing there before all these people and he says therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ he is my king I own him he's mine and I am his and I'm victorious in Christ Jesus there's a second facet of this same verse 
And it says that the prophet continued in this spiritual journey and continually got deeper until the water was up to his waist. And it says, the King James Version says that the water covered his loins. And this is a different Hebrew word here, but it's than what's translated as loins in other places of the scripture. But it's, it's covered here nonetheless. And we could say loins or we could say waist and it really doesn't matter because it's all covered. And you say, what's covered, pastor? Several times in the scripture, it's referenced that it speaks of the seed or the descendants that come from someone's loins. In other words, the reproductive organs are covered. The reproductive organs are covered, certainly covered here in this progression of going deeper. Can I, can I just stop for just a minute and give you a, a theology lesson here? There, there, there's such a thing as a general call. A general call. That means that everybody that claims the name of Jesus share in the call. And then there is what we call a specific call. That means that the way the general call is fulfilled in my life is different than the way the general call will be fulfilled in your life. I am specifically called right now in the year of our Lord, 2022, to lead as the shepherd of Faith Assembly Church. That's my calling. That's my calling. Pastor Trey is called to exhort through song and, and, and leading people in worship and just building atmospheres of worship and praise. Pastor Lisa is called specifically in her ministry and her, her roles and, and speaking to people and encouraging people. And you too have a specific call that's unique to your life. But we all share in a general call. And the general call comes from Matthew chapter 28 when we hear Jesus say, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you this today, church? It's God's desire that all of us have spiritual offspring. As a matter of fact, when Jesus wrote, uh, when Jesus spoke to the church about the power of the Holy Spirit, he didn't say to them, hey, I'm going away, but I'm going to send you an ability to have a great church service while I'm gone. He didn't say, I'm going to send you the third person of the Trinity to entertain you until I get back. He didn't say that I'm going to give you the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can manifest gifts in front of other believers. But he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And when the Spirit has come upon you, you will receive the power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You, child of God, are called to bear spiritual offspring. 
Say, Pastor, what has this got to do with anything? I'm getting up Monday morning, I'm going to my job, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, and I'm doing another thing. I'm telling you that if you don't have a desire to see lost souls saved through your ministry and through your life, you're short-sighted, spiritually speaking, and I'm here to encourage you that there are deeper places in Christ. And the progression of spiritual growth is that you begin to walk differently, you find a new boldness and courage in the Holy Ghost, and you begin to step out and you begin to use your life for the glory of God so much so that you begin to bear spiritual offspring. He's diving in. He's going deeper. Maybe you till the ground. Maybe you sow the seed. Maybe you water what's been sown. Maybe you help in the harvest. But it's God's desire that every believer have an active part in seeing lost souls saved. Verse 5, and again he measured 1,000 and it was a river that I could not cross for it was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. And here the prophet finds himself in a place where he's no longer dependent upon his own physical frame for support or to carry himself. He has made himself vulnerable to the Spirit in full surrender. That's my invitation to you today, church, is will you make yourself vulnerable to the Holy Ghost in full surrender and say, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without border, where where I'm no longer dependent upon this physical frame. Jesus said, greater things than these will you see. And church, I believe that we're in the generation of greater things. I believe that we're in the generation of spiritual outpouring and awakening. I believe that we're in the generation of revival before the return of Jesus. He's diving in. He's going deep. He's immersed in the Spirit of God. And I want to tell you something today, church. God wants to take you and I to a place in the Spirit where where life is no longer determined by the constraints of our natural abilities, but rather we are fully immersed in the Spirit of God and we are carried by faith and seeing God do amazing things in our lives. Now here's the result. I want you to stand up all over this place. It helps me to close. Verse 6, he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. And when I returned there along the bank of the river were many trees on one side and the other. And then he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the valley and enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live and there will be a very great multitude of fish because, of the, because the waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. And it will be the fishermen stand by it from Engedi to en- en- Eglium. And they, will pl- be pla- and they will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kind as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many but its swamps and its marshes will not be healed and they will be given over to salt. But along the banks of the river, on this side and that, there will grow all kinds of trees used for food and their leaves will not wither 
and their fruit will not fail and they will bear fruit every month because the water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. The result of going deeper is not that you and I get to play in the river. I've seen so many churches that once had and burned with the fire of God and the Spirit of the Lord flowed in our midst. But the emphasis was always on the blessing and the benefit for the believer. And today they're dead vestiges of what they once were. Jesus didn't say that he was sending the Holy Spirit again for us to have something to entertain ourselves with for him while he was away. I'm telling you, church, this text says that on the banks of the river where the water flowed, it said that the water flowed out of the sanctuary. Can I tell you today, church, that that is a pictorial of what's supposed to happen when you and I leave this house? When you and I leave this house, it's supposed to be the same as the water of the Holy Ghost flowing out of those doors and changing and life issuing everywhere that we go and every place that we touch. On the banks of the river where the water flowed, there's an abundance of life. There's fruitful vegetation and foliage. It's sustained by the light that flowed from the altar. And there's a greater significance to this passage still, but this is a message that I have for you today. And I want to tell you something. I've said this before. I've said this before, but I mean it with all my heart. And I'm going to say it again. If you and I were half as concerned with the spiritual state of our neighbor as we are how they're gonna vote in the fall, things would begin to change. If you and I were half as concerned that the altar be filled with people that were seeking to be filled and set ablaze with the fire of God as we are seeing the right candidate in the right place, things would begin to change because we live in a sin-sickened world. We live in a dark place, but I'm gonna tell you something. We'll never legislate change. We'll never vote change. We'll never turn the tide until there's a church that is set ablaze in the fire of the Holy Ghost and there's life issuing out of the house of God again. And then, and only then, will the world change. Listen, we're not electing priests and pastors. We're electing administrators. The morality of a nation is the responsibility of the church. The revival of a nation is the responsibility of a church. The, the, the spiritual well-being of a community is the responsibility of a church. And when I say a church, I'm not talking about the pastoral staff. I'm talking about individual believers who will give themselves and abandon to the power of the Holy Spirit, who will lift themselves up in vulnerability and say, Jesus, I don't want to depend on myself any longer, but I want to be carried by the flow of your spirit. I want to be in the river. I want to be carried by the Holy Ghost. 
We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.